after Peter paid for her taxi, Liliana, sporting her new necklace, arrived safely back home without a hint of the affair. The next morning, while her mother dozed, Liliana was up at dawn humming. Peter, though, slept in his room past breakfast. The morning sun chased the night air out of the house through the window Liliana had opened, where nearby sat the same plant which Peter and she had rescued, the Tears of Persia. Perched on a ledge in Liliana's room, the flower had matured with new shoots. Liliana sang to it as she watered, assured that it felt the same excitement in Peter's return as she did. It's morning, Liliana, her mother protested when Liliana's singing invaded her rest. Her daughter's voice was lovely, but not pitch perfect. That is a crow singing, not a bluebird, Mrs. Vasilenko shrilly moaned to rebuff her daughter. Liliana did not care, for Peter was in town. It was a national holiday, and their day would start with lunch in the city together. Liliana was eager to publish her happiness, thus she approached her mother's bedroom, the largest in the house, and the one at the top of the stairs. See, mother, this is my day. I will be out soon, then lunch with Dr. Williams from the U.S. Perhaps he will also buy me supper, she quipped, but not before Mrs. Vasilenko caught sight of a newfangled ornament around Liliana's neck. And what's that? she asked, pointing. Her high voice indicated she was not happy. She knew that Maxim could not provide for such a costly trinket. It is from Dr. Williams, a present from his trip to Turkey. So it is, Mrs. Vasilenko replied. Liliana drew closer and bent down for her mother to better see. The older woman, still sitting on her unmade bed, fingered the bauble with one hand while reaching for her reading glasses with the other. It's a good thing, she finally answered. Yes, Liliana agreed, happy her mother was not distressed by such an expensive gift by a man not quite her boyfriend. Look at the teardrop shape, Mother cooed, and see its luster. Happy her mother accepted Peter's generosity as well as his designs for her heart, Liliana nevertheless was curious, even suspicious, why her mother openly shared her approbation. Mother, are you not upset that he gave me this? My Liliana, not so, she replied. It is without a thought. You cannot think that with this you are his girl. Liliana stood erect against the bed. Mrs. Vasilenko removed her glasses and moved to retrieve her dressing gown. Mother, what do you mean he cannot think I am his girl? Liliana had not fully envisioned herself as Peter's girlfriend, but she could little suppose she wasn't. After all, what did labels mean? Their day was theirs. It is a teardrop, sweet pumpkin, Mrs. Vasilenko continued. A man cannot give his girlfriend, or worse, his wife, a tear-shaped pearl. Yes, go on. Have you not heard this? If a man gives such a gift to a woman he loves, it is a curse which will blight the woman with tears of grief and their love, tears of unhappiness and sorrow. Their romance will be cut short, nothing but unhappiness, regret, and trouble. Mrs. Vasilenko continued her wretched description, hoping that the pearl's curse was understood. Liliana had not heard of such jinx, and she doubted that Peter had heard too, especially since he was a foreigner. Liliana sat down on the bed's edge where her mother had been lying and played with the pearl between her forefinger and thumb. The softness of the pearl's outer skin was warming to her touch. She put it to her mouth and felt the smoothness glide over her delicate lips. She could not fathom that it carried any such fatal affliction. Mrs. Vasilenko pretended not to notice Liliana's troubled brow, but her instinct told her that her daughter's heart was swayed by this stranger. She drove her wedge deeper into the matter. 
That is why they call it so. It is like an eternal tear from the eye of the woman who receives it. Her lover is false. He always breaks her heart. Mrs. Vazilenko peered out of the corner of her eye to see if her daughter was listening. She was. A cold breeze played about the floor as Mrs. Vazilenko shut the window she had left half open from the night before. Peter caught the metro that went directly into the heart of the city and surfaced near the Bessarabian market, the first familiar place to him since his brief return. As he plodded along the tree-lined cobblestone walks which led him further into his former haunt, centuries-old buildings composed of banks, apartment homes, hotels, retail stores, and businesses reacquainted themselves with Peter. As it was a holiday, though, Peter missed the hordes of people he usually encountered walking in their varied directions. Absent were the workers clad in blue shirts and pants that milled about construction sites, college-aged girls in tight dresses, models fit for vogue, that chatted about nothing, business-bound walkers that waited in queues for a quick lunch or coffee. Taking a later bus, Liliana had agreed to meet at their favorite coffee shop, where the rain had soaked their clothes, but they didn't care. Liliana was late, but Peter didn't mind. Although he had passed on breakfast at the pension, when he caught sight of her stepping off the bus farther up the street, he remembered he had not eaten. As she exited and walked in his direction, he reflected the first time he had caught sight of her. Was it something about the way she moved? Her hips had stirred him. Liliana spotted Peter, but she refused to look at him for fear of blushing. Excited, but somewhat intimidated, as if they had never met, she tried to exercise the stomach butterflies by thoughts of her schedule after their holiday. Furthermore, she labored to keep her mind off her mother's eye-opener about the pearl's implication. She would ask Peter if he knew about its supposed misfortune, if she had the courage, for she did not want to imply anything false, and worse, didn't want to find out if Peter knew of the rumor, that is, that their relationship had no chance. She wrestled with her dissatisfying notions as she quickly approached him. So good to see you, Peter opened. Liliana smiled. The weather has really cooled, she announced, which was true. To end their awkward moment, Peter uncharacteristically placed both hands around her waist and drew her close. She was startled as people she knew did not act so. While old lovers held each other in public, Peter and Liliana weren't those couples. Liliana blushed and had to make some distance, something that Peter did not understand. We should go, she continued, pulling away until Peter's hand reached for hers. Happy to, he answered. It's going to be windy, perhaps a coat for you, she changed the subject. Indeed, Peter was not properly dressed. Don't have one, Peter replied, but let's pick up one somewhere during our day. After an hour looking for a coat for Peter, they added to their excursion a few dress shops that had remained open, a new coffee shop to which neither had been, and bookstores for fun, including one religious store where Liliana secretly purchased a respected book about Gregory Skovoroda, but in German, for Peter, which she would give him later as a token of her affection. It was a relaxing time for both, enjoying as they did each other's company. During their late lunch, Peter talked about staying longer, perhaps an extended vacation, if he could arrange a few calls to extend his next work assignment. Liliana, Peter started, 
There is time, you know, for us to do more. Perhaps other cities we could visit. Remember your list. Let's see the places you wanted, but not just a day. After my next job, let me return for a week. Liliana's face reflected her astonishment. Oh, Peter, it's not done. I cannot just leave. And how will I bear the news to my mother? She found excuses. No vacation? Yes, but she paused to stop her own defensiveness. You are the optimist, the planner, Peter, she continued. You see something and you build it in your mind without thinking of its consequences or even its merit. She intently looked at him. Your life has a golden touch in how you face the storms. Mine is not so able, so capable of dreaming without reserve. Peter waited but said nothing. He only looked down at his food. Dear Peter, Liliana said, placing her hand on his, I cannot just leave my life. However, she secretly wished it were not true. That afternoon, the pair toured various sites from the sublime Maryinsky Palace, where the Ukrainian president would meet dignitaries, to the campy yet earnest Museum of Toilet History, the largest collection of souvenir toilet bowls in the world. By late afternoon, they found themselves in a lovely wine bar to alleviate the weight of the day while they wished for better shoes. On their way out, Peter purchased a bottle of one of their nicest white wines. One more trip would close their adventures, the long hike to Trukaneva Island, a place of native love modestly visible from the high bank of the city. From the Parkovye footbridge over the Dnieper River that connects Kiev to the island's numerous cafes, restaurants, and beaches, one takes in perhaps the loveliest view of the framed river. On one side, rooted in the urban hills of the ancient town, and on the other, entrenched in its counterpart of leisure parks, the bridge sprouted out of a desire to establish Trukhaniv as a holiday island long after the Nazis had destroyed its settlements. Liliana had not been there since she was a teenager, when she played along the beach across from the Podil district. If they did not wear out, they could make the trip and back before the light tired. I'm so grateful you made me buy this coat, Peter began as the wind whipped up on the island. Liliana smiled. She liked tending to him. Peter reached down and pulled a lingering daisy from a grassy area adjacent to a large rock half buried in the dirt. He placed the delicate wildflower on the rock with purpose. Do you know what this is? He asked, pointing to the flower. Mm, yes, I suppose, Liliana replied. It is you, my Lily, Peter continued. His translation of her name was precise, for Liliana meant Lily in English. And that, he continued, pointing to the large boulder. Um, no, she flirted, guessing there was a game to this line. It is me, your rock, your Peter, he answered. Peter in Greek means rock. But that's a daisy, Liliana heckled him with laughter. The two admirers continued their stroll in the late afternoon sun, but left the flowers to rest upon the rock, elements bound together by the couple's aspirations. When they reached the central beach, Peter chose this moment to ask. I see you're not wearing the pearl, he slowly spoke. Was it not what you wanted? Oh, no, Liliana was slightly ashamed. She forgot she had removed it that morning when her mother had embellished the tale of its meaning, but it was still in her pocket. Here it is, she readily reached for it and returned it to her neck still embarrassed. I do love it, Peter, she added. He continued. I was hoping you would. When I spied it in Istanbul, I knew I'd found something promising. Liliana caught Peter's secondary meaning, but could not speak for her nerves. Do you know the shopkeeper had a name for it? He called it the Tear of Persia. Do you remember the thing that brought us together? The plant. He hesitated and looked serious. Liliana was flushed with heat, and her heart suddenly raced up. She ignored the menace of the pearl's curse. Yes, she said, 
and you do not know, but I have the plant in my home. It is mine now. No one claimed it after I sought out its owner. Perhaps someone had left it there, perhaps just for us. Liliana did not know specific pearls had names. How odd it possessed the same appellation. She suppressed the preconception of her mother's irritating hearsay and added, And I'm still tending it, giving it water, Liliana assured Peter. I think it has special powers, she pretended. After she declared the tears of Persia was quite happy in her south-facing window, Peter could not stop himself. He bent to kiss her lips, and Liliana opened her mouth to receive his affection. Lost in each other's touch, Liliana reached for his body under his coat and felt the warmth come into her fingers. Peter shared her desire and pulled her tightly to him. As dusk slowly descended at the water's edge of the sandy beach, Liliana more than ever desired Peter to stay. They opened the bottle of wine Peter had earlier purchased, drank half, but remained too long. Despite the poor light, they raced back like children at play, holding hands and sneaking looks at each other. On their return, they passed the rock where the daisy had lain, now blown away by the wind.